listening to Readers and Writers with your co or your host, James Hill and Athena Paris. I'm Amy Ravi Chandran. And today we're talking, how do you know that you're a writer? Because James, Athena, everybody has ideas. So how do you guys classify writers, non-writers, maybe people that need a little bit more development before they're classified as a writer? How, how do you guys do that? Well, our first thing, and I think I can speak for me and Athena, is do you have the desire to tell a story? Because writers, and, and we get this from all the other writers we know and people that we speak to, the first thing they would tell you is, I had this story, I just had to get out. And if you're a writer, that's going to be a common theme in your life. You have these stories, even if it's just one story, because some people, they have one story to tell. <laughs> and, right. you know, and but it it's nonetheless makes them a writer. So it's the fact that you do have a story to tell is what makes you a writer. Now, the other thing is, can you actually tell a story? <laughs> and do you have the stamina and the characteristics to actually sit down and write the story? And that's that's the hard part of becoming an author. Right, yeah. Athena? Yeah, that's correct. Um, because that is what happens sometimes. Some writers end up having a, a one-book wonder, so to speak. Uh, think uh, Gone with the Wind. What other books do you know this uh, writer wrote? There aren't any writers. She's basically a one book wonder, but she had that story that she had to tell and she told it well. That makes her a writer that she, whether she wrote another book or not, that probably was her own choice, but she was a writer because she uh, put down a story in such a way that other people wanted to read. Whereas there are other writers who, um, other people who think they are writers, but they actually don't know how to tell stories. They have an idea, but they don't know how to write a story. So that is where the distinction comes in to know that whether you are a writer or not. So a writer is one who perpetually wants to tell a story and is always finding ways to put it down. Whereas somebody else might just have uh, one idea and they don't know how to string the words together to actually make it readable for anybody else. I recently read on Facebook, someone put in the, in the comment or asked a question, I have a plot, now what? <laughs> and, you know, they were on a writing group and they put in that little thing. They were asking for help. They said, hey, I got a plot, now what? And that's the whole idea about, you know, a lot of people have ideas and uh, my brother, for example, will come to me with an idea. Oh, I have an idea for a great story. And he'll tell me, and he'll tell me the idea, but then he wants me to write the story. So he has one sentence, I gotta come up with like 50,000 more. <laughs> <laughs> you have to ghost write it for him. Okay, yeah. I get so, it, I get it. Yeah, so I would not, I would not classify my brother as a writer. <laughs> Right. He's a pitch man. <laughs> He's, yeah, he'll give you ideas. Okay, I get it. So what do you think the, like, what would be the difference in, in writers? Because I know that there's, you know, fiction writers and then nonfiction, you know, people that write business books, tips for, for their business. Are they classified as writers because they do it to draw up more business? Or, you know, how would you classify them? Because I don't, 
for me personally, I don't, they're not really telling a story. They're more educating people. So yes, they just they be a helper. They are helpers. Okay. They, I like that. That's a good they, one. They are helpers because they actually creating manuals uh -huh. to help you along a specific path uh, in your life uh, to help you with difficulties in whatever the subject happens to be. Maybe you want to be a photographer and you don't understand everything. So they write a book about photography. They explain to you how to set up, how to look at lighting, how to, you know, how everything works, the cameras that are best, the lenses, all those things. Whereas you might struggle on your own to find all the answers. These people write you uh, books and manuals and all kinds of instructions that make it, make it easier for you to follow that uh, path that you want to follow. Whereas uh, fiction writers, it's all about imagination. Right. It's what comes out of your head. Whereas do-it-yourself helps or helping, it's not really um, so much out of your head because it's all based on facts and experiences right. that the person already underwent. But, but I will say this about somebody who writes nonfiction and somebody, and I have written uh, help magazine, help articles and, and had to write instructions. You have mm -hmm. to be very detailed when you're writing uh, instructions, when you're giving people the, the step-by-step on how to do something. So there is a lot of planning and plotting to go with some of this stuff. Especially, I, I'm in the information technology field. I'm a programmer, DBA. You know, I have a lot of technical skills. And if you ever try to teach somebody how to use a program, a software, there is so many steps that because you know it, it's second nature to you and you just do them. But without telling people the actual steps, what comes first, what the next step is, you have to click this, you have to press that, you have to type in this type of thing, you know, right. capital letters, you know, you can only use numbered numerical data. All that kind of stuff has to be explained and detailed in this writing because if you don't if you just say put in a date of birth and you don't tell them the format it has to be in somebody might type january 1st 19 whatever and the word january is not going to work in that program you know it has to be one one whatever you know maybe yeah. you can't use slashes maybe so there's all kinds of technical things and the funniest thing is i was working on the help desk, helping somebody do something. And I was telling them how to reset their computer. They had downloaded some information and we had to reset their computer to make it work. And I was going to delete the program in a specific directory. But first I had to delete something from the root directory, the C drive. So I switched them over to the C drive, deleted the the, the the form from there, the, the, the uh, text file from there, so that we can then download the new thing. And I wanted to delete all the ones in the other folder. So I told them, okay, now press start, dot star, and press delete. And the minute I said press delete, I said, but did I tell you to switch directory? And she was like, no. And I gave myself oh, the face palm because I wiped out her entire computer data everything was wiped off that computer from 
his computer was blank. There was nothing left. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> yeah, fresh computer, yeah. fresh computer. Yep. <laughs> so we spent the next four or five hours rebuilding her computer from this and downloads and everything else. So the idea that I knew exactly what I was doing right. was one thing. The idea that I forgot to one step to tell her to switch from one drive to the other was something that was absolutely my fault. And because I do it all the time, I forgot to tell her that one step. Before right. you type star dot star delete, <laughs> you have to be in the right directory. You have yeah. to do one directory up or one directory down. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that makes well that makes sense. But I mean, you know, you're sitting there talking about you were on the phone with this lady rebuilding it for four to five hours, right? And that takes a lot of stamina. So I mean, what I don't. I'm not, okay, so I'm not an author. I'm not a writer. I'm not creative in that sense. I mean, I'm sure I could tell some crazy stories with my kids, but I'm just, that I was not gifted with this creativity. I'm so jealous of you guys for doing it, but I know that it takes time and patience. So what kind of, you know, stamina are you kind of looking at if, if you are considered a writer, you know? You have to realize that being a writer is uh, not the red carpet that people think about sometimes, because uh, people usually see the end result of a career. And they think that's the fun of part of being something. But to get there, you have to sacrifice a lot of things, a lot of hours, because how is the story gonna get written? You have to do research because what are you writing about? And you want to write books that make sense to people. So you have to look up things all the time. You know, even if it's fantasy and science fiction, you have to write things that make sense to uh, everybody. And apart from that, you have to then be good with language as well. You have to use language properly. You have to be able to spell at least decently and you have to do all those things. So um, you can't have the attitude that I'm going to write a blockbuster and uh, that's it. I'm gonna live off the royalties for the rest of my life. You might be able to do it. That yeah. could happen, but often in real life, that does not happen. You know, so you would be the comma 1% who would, would hit it big, but that is never the, because every single writer thinks that they've got the most amazing story. Right. Everybody right. thinks my and, story is going to be the one and I'm going to make millions. Guess and what? even the every, people who make the millions, they put in the hours of work. They, exactly. And I say, you have to spend time in the chair. And that means you have to spend the time to sit there and actually write the story. And as Athena said, that's all the research work you gotta do. That's training yourself to use good grammar. To, to Because if you send just some mismatch of stuff to a, to a publisher and say, here you go, the greatest story ever written, and they can't read it because it's so badly written and so you know, grammatically yeah. and out of sequence. And so you have to spend the time. And that's what we mean by character and stamina. Do you have the stamina to sit behind a keyboard, a typewriter, and put down the words? Do you have the character to know that doesn't sound good? I got to write a better sentence. I got to make, you know, a better pop. 
I have plot holes all over my story. I better fix these before I send them in to somebody. You know? Right. Because when yeah. you're thinking and you're writing and you're creating, all those things are coming in and ideas are usually coming faster than you can get them, get them down. So you miss spots. And as you go back and read your own work, you'll realize, oh, I meant to say this, but I actually said that. Or I forgot that part that I was thinking of when I was writing. And therefore, you know, the story jumps and skips along. And so you right. have to have the character to sit down and fix your own work, do your own editing, put in the time to actually write that blockbuster. Blockbusters and bestsellers, they don't write themselves. Right, yeah, and I feel like that's true because I feel like, you know, on Amazon and all these other review sites, you can kind of get a sense of the people that put in the time because they don't have the one-star reviews, right? They have the four and a half to five-star reviews and they have a lot of them. And so, you know, my I'm curious, as to, you know, what if one of you guys got a, a one-star review, what what would you do? Like, how would that, would it motivate you? Would you just be like, okay, I'm just going to switch genres. Would you just decide to, you know, quit writing? You know, what what would what would y'all do if you got a one-star review? All writers at some point in their life will get a one-star review. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. As yeah. the saying goes, you can't please everybody all the time. And it doesn't mean, sometimes it doesn't mean that your book wasn't good or your story wasn't good. It just means it wasn't good to that person. Either it wasn't the right genre, they were thinking it was going to be something else. You know, you wrote a, they thought you wrote a romance and it turned out to be a love story, which is completely different. And if you- Okay, see, I did not know read, that they were different. Okay. Yeah. And if you're okay. looking to read a romance, that sucker better end with a happy ending. <laughs> So if everybody in your story dies, the people who are thinking that it's a romance and that's your fault for, for publicizing it as a romance, yeah. they're going to be very disappointed in the story when the two lovers die or something like that, or they break up and they you know go their separate ways because that's not a romance and you will get that one star review. Doesn't mean you didn't write a good love story. Okay. It means you wrote a bad romance. <laughs> and sometimes... You know, sometimes you write a bad story. And if you wrote a bad story, you read the review, and you get multiple one-star reviews, then take it as a sign that that story needs work or you need work. You got to be thick-skinned in this business because not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to appreciate what you do. And then there are some times where you need that hard. And, and this is what me and Athena have to do a lot of times to people we publish. We got to give them the hard, cold facts of life. And that's that's tough on a publisher because we know this person poured his heart and soul into this book and he thinks it's great. He thinks it's great. And we have to tell them, we have to give them that one-star review before the rest of the world does. We yeah. got to tell them the plot holes. We got to tell them where they missed things. We got to tell them what the shortcomings are so they can fix it before somebody else tells them. But once it's out there, it's a little too late. Uh, you can rewrite it and fix it, but you know, as they oh, say, yeah. you can never make a, a second good impression. Right, yeah, first impressions yeah. are important. What, Athena, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, that's exactly, because uh, um, anybody who's in a creative field needs to learn to take uh, the one-star reviews and rejection, because mm -hmm. you are, go because uh, art, is subjective 
we don't all like the same things. So we don't all like the same subjects. Uh, in writing, it's exactly that. And sometimes it depends on what why the one star review was left. It, it can be for all kinds of things. It can be for the cover. It can be for the blurb. It can be for how uh, the story turned and that reader specifically was expecting a different ending. It can be all kinds of things. They can give you a one star review for your uh, technical writing, you know, your your grammar, your spelling, uh, the typos in the book, you know, that the book was. So you have to look at what is the one star review about. And then if you can make it better, then do and learn from it and don't take it. You can't take everything personally. It's not a personal attack when right. people give you a one star review. It's a whatever attack on the work itself. So it's not like, oh, people don't like me. That's why they give me. They don't really know you yet. They're just looking at your work. So if people start, if you see a, an amount, a certain percentage that you are getting specific reviews, then that means your work needs work. Right. You have some you more know? effort to put into it. Yeah. Time. So there's something you can make better. You have to improve things then, you know, so you take it from the one or two star review to a three or four star review because That's you can, fine. you know. You're muted. I'm muted. Yeah. That's because there's so much traffic noise behind me. I, decided oh, I don't hear myself. it at all. You're good. I don't hear oh, it. Okay. Because I can hear trucks and stuff going on in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I don't want all that going out. No, but what I not. do when I write my books and my story is after I'm finished and after I've done all the reviews and, you know, all the editing and I got it out there, I divorce myself from the work. It's no longer me, my book, my writing. It become the book, the story, the writing. Definitely. And that way I can accept the reviews without them being personal attacks on me. So whatever the review is on that book, it's on that book. It's not a review of me. And right. so I have to divorce myself from the idea. Now, I still love my characters. I still love my story. I still love all of that. But it, as, it's like your children. You put your children out there in the world, and you hope the world would love your children. But they are your children. They're not you. They have to make their own way in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... Yeah, you, you send your children out into the world to be devoured by the monsters we call critics. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. That's what the books are. Well, I do have a question for our readers. And my question is, do you have a story to tell? Because you, or if you do, are going to want to tune in next Tuesday at 7 because we are talking storytellers versus writers. So you're not going to want to miss that. So we will see you all next Tuesday. Thank you.